This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. You're listening to TGI Sports Talk with your host, Keith Angle, on Northeast Streaming Sports. everybody. Keith Engel for TGI Sports Talk right here on the Northeast Streaming Sports Network. Before we get started, real quick, thank you to all the groups as I like to continue to do. You guys have done a great job of allowing me to share the show to you, uh, to your groups. And I guarantee you, if you get it, there will be relevant content in that show at some point. Uh, secondly, I want to remind you all that will be Northeast Streaming Sports Channel will be going live on Roku starting January 1st. Uh, this show, I'll actually be part of the, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the very first show with uh, with Dan Harris from the UK on uh, Monday morning. I'll be on for a little bit with him. Uh, my shows, the TGI Sports Talk shows, will air uh, throughout the week. I don't know what the, re what the replay schedule is. I think uh, it's, it's kind of on a random basis, but the shows that, for instance, this show, while we'll continue to air live at 8 a.m., it will play on Roku at 11 a.m. on Fridays and probably replay throughout the week. The Sunday stream is consciousness. And when I say today's show, are you serious with the mad New Yorker, uh, Carlos Chavez? Uh, Sunday morning stream of consciousness will air. We'll still do it live at 9 a.m., but it will air at, at 12 p.m. noon on Sundays. And the, the uh, college football huddle will again be still be live at seven o'clock but it will air at noon on thursdays that's our initial schedule and my vlogs will also be available as they'll be like an on-demand part um with interviews um my vlogs other people's uh uh takes that, those types of uh that type of content so it's gonna be a lot of fun so make sure you join us uh catch the college football show from this week we did some talk about college football obviously the 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 Semifinals coming up. We're going to talk about that with Carlos real quickly here in a second. Let me just say good morning to Dave Gayette. Good morning to Alan. Good to see you guys. Dave, uh, happy new year to you. And Rick Sherlock, our resident Georgia Bulldog fan. Um, it's going to be a fun weekend, guys. We're finally here. And let's get started with our co-host, the Mad New Yorker, Carlos Chavez. Good morning, Carlos. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year to you. Hope you, you had a great Christmas holiday. Everything was good. I meant to mention everybody who, uh, whatever holiday they choose to celebrate, I hope they had a safe and happy one with their friends and family. Um, we're going to jump into a couple topics here today, Carlos. Uh, we're going to start with the college football semifinals and kind of uh, do a quick breakdown of each game and make a pick. We're going to talk about the stories, the stories you and I think, the big story of uh, 2021, uh, the small market teams dominating the championships. And we'll, yeah. we didn't talk about the lightning, but we'll, uh, maybe we'll throw them in at the end. Not, no, no disrespect to uh, Jim Beringer, but uh, the NHL, if we have time, we'll talk a little bit about Tampa Bay. But again, small markets, Tampa Bay, Milwaukee, and Atlanta winning those championships and of course the lightning went in the nhl so we'll jump into all of that today and uh your comments as well so keep them coming and 
we're going to kick it right off, Carlos, with the uh, the semi uh, the semi uh, yeah, the semifinals in college football. Obviously, we've been long awaited. This it's been an, an interminable uh, wait for these games and watching the games that we've gotten and uh, the ones that have been canceled. Hopefully, we'll we'll, we'll start off here. Uh, we're going to start with the Michigan uh, Georgia game, and then we'll follow that up with Alabama. SEC football, right? Uh, hasn't been looking too good for the SEC so far. So, well, um, I know I thought you were an SEC, um, you know, elitist, but I don't know. <laughs> every time I bring up a team, you're knocking them. I'm not, I'm not knocking them. It's just you know, like the focus is Georgia, right? And Georgia plays in the SEC, and they they played all these teams, and they beat them, beat them bad. But they're they're not doing too well in the bowl games as well. So. I don't know. This year, I, I, I mentioned to you a couple times on the shows, also as well as like a few phone calls, you know, a couple chats that, you know, other than some of these big teams, Alabama and Georgia, LSU's falling off, Florida's falling off a little bit, you know, Kentucky. Good call by Allen. One, one win. South Carolina kind of demolishes North Carolina. <laughs> it was an interesting game the other night. I wanted to bet South Carolina, and I forgot. Yeah, I don't know. Anybody been that game is looking for a little bit of coin, right? <laughs> Just something to keep me occupied. That's exactly. You know, uh, before we jump into the game, let's let's make sure and everybody keep a positive thought because we got a few hours to go till the games get played, and we saw what happened with UCLA. Let's hope we get through this uh, this day without games being canceled because and the New Year's Day in the New Year's Day six games, even though we're not going to chat about them, there's some good games tomorrow. Let's hope. Yeah. We don't run into the same issues we run into uh, for the last couple of weeks. Carlos, so, again, we wanted to start with Michigan, even though it's the second game played tonight. I think that game starts at 7.30 yeah. uh, Eastern. Uh, Michigan and Georgia. And Michigan's been a great story, obviously, this year, uh, bouncing back under Jim Harbaugh with a, with a remade coaching staff and, and uh, you know, kind of a remade offense. And, yeah, you know, what does he have? Um, six, seven wins in a row? Um, what do they have? I don't know if they have it. Yeah, they lost to Michigan State, and then they, you know, obviously they won the games they had to win. Right. No. I mean, the only blemish they have is that Michigan State game, which they had, which is, interestingly enough, they were in control of that game, and they could be undefeated easily now. I don't know what happened to them in that second half. <laughs> it's, they just got in, they got in, sometimes a team gets in their own way, right? Like, they, they try to coast, and then they, they don't. They they play a little bit underneath. You know, they play to the other team's momentum sometimes. So you know, it happens. It happens, and it you know, it's funny because I thought Michigan State was such a good football team at that point. They went out promptly the next week and got beat by about a thousand against Ohio State. That was that was not. <laughs> you know, that was this, not pretty. The the story of this game. I mean, Georgia obviously was a dominant team all year. I know that you had some comments uh, on and off about the the weakness of their division that they played in. And they didn't play in any close games after the Clemson game until the SEC championship game. And we all know right. what happened there. And I think they got taken out of their game uh, myself. And uh, they're kind of on the – I see them a little bit. I mean, if you want to look just the momentum, as you kind of just touched on, Michigan's got the momentum going into this game. And Georgia trying to rebound from a, a bad loss in a championship game. So I'm going to tell you what, if Michigan can control – the, the clock by running the ball and a little bit of their air assault every once in a while. And and then they, they score the first three touchdowns, but Georgia maybe score one, then 
Georgia won't come back from that because what happens is the momentum goes and then the defense – where the momentum goes, the, de- the, the defense will follow, and they got a good defense, you know. They got a good front four, you know. So they, they do. Know, I, I think Georgia can win, but Georgia's got to – they got to score, man. And I don't know if that if they have enough, you know, to, to do that because the defense right won't matter for Georgia if, if, if Michigan is shoving it down their throat at the end of the day, right? Yeah, the thing with Michigan is, I mean, they have got probably, not probably, they have the best running game in this foursome because they got a two-headed monster in, right. in Haskins and uh, Corum. Right. And, and you, you stop one, you gotta, you're, you're going to be worried about the other one. So. And don't forget, McNamara, he's no slouch. He, he'll run the ball if he has to. Good point, good point. Um, the key to me here is going to be, McNamara being able to convert third downs and, you know, where they need him. They have called on him a little bit more and give him a little more uh, responsibility as the season's worn on and, and Harbaugh has shown better, more trust in him. But basically he's still a game manager of all three quarterbacks here. He's, you know, going to be asked to do the least most likely unless they fall behind. Yeah. I mean, that's the key for both these teams. I'm not right. sure. Don't fall behind with McNamara or Bennett. Uh, whether these teams can come back from a double-digit deficit. That's what I'm saying. So if you're Georgia, you're hoping that your defense does its job and your offense does more than what they're supposed to do, right? Yeah. And um, Michigan will come out, and if, if their defense scores points, mind you, if, if Michigan's defense scores points, interceptions or, or even off of fumbles, that's it, right? Three, yeah. I'd say it's not, if they score three points, uh, three times in the first half, I don't think Georgia could come back from that. Yeah, well, I, again, I think it's either either team you're going to see the same thing. Kenny's right. I mean, I'd say this about almost every football game. If you don't, if you control the trenches, you're going to have a good chance to win that football. Right, game. right, yeah, most, you know, most likely, especially a championship game, right? On both sides of the football, Rick thinks if Michigan runs the ball. Then they play in a Georgia strength. I, I don't disagree. You're going to find, right. but you, but you can't get away from what got you here that much. I mean, right. will they run some play action a little more and let McNamara throw the ball? Probably, at least early. Right. But again, you know what? If they can't win running the football, they're not going to win the football game. So they got to play into Georgia's strength. That's what good teams do, though. Is my strength going to defeat your strength? And that's a lot of times how you win these games. What's the points, Brennan? They got Georgia on seven. This game is now good point. I've been focusing on the, no, the Bulldogs game. are seven and a half favorite. Seven and a half. You know, I like Georgia to win this game. Um, I may take the points. I haven't decided yet, but because I think it's going to be a four or five point game, I really do. I think Georgia will come out the winner, but Michigan's going to give them everything they got, yeah. and everything they can handle. I, I think uh, Michigan is a little bit younger on this. On, on this end too, right? Because they're they're deep in wide receivers and the wide receivers are young. But I, I hope George, I hope for SEC sake that Georgia gives them, you know, gives them hell. But yeah. Mich- Michigan's on the road, man. <laughs> well, I know you're an SEC elitist, so you want Georgia to win this. So you're gonna have trouble though when it's Michigan against Cincinnati in the final if that happens. What are you gonna do then? Oh, man, I don't know if Cincinnati's gonna be there, man. <laughs> Listen, I don't know that they can win the football game. Well, let's finish up on Michigan uh, and Georgia. So I'm again, right. I'm going to pick Georgia to win this game. Right. I'm going to say like 26, 21 is going to be your final. Whoa, 26, 21. I think there will be some points and I think it will be a back and forth game. 
I'm thinking maybe, maybe. I mean, the seven and a half is probably on, but I think it's on Michigan's. I think it's going to be like 30, 32, 20, 21, maybe something like that. Okay. Allen's predicting overtime in this game, which it's you know, possible. That can happen. Well, overtime, I'm pretty sure we have not seen any overtime games in any of these football playoffs uh, to date because they've been blowouts, most of them, right? Right. I don't know. Did we get a did we get a final that was an overtime with Clemson and Alabama? I'm not sure. Was it overtime? I think one Never of their really. early matchups might have been an overtime. I can't I can't be sure. Somebody can uh, check that out for us. But I, I you know again I think it's going to be a back and forth game. And hey, look at I think it's going to be it it may be the best game. I think both these games are going to be really really good football. Yeah, I hope everybody got enough food. <laughs> right? And make sure you got your cooler in front of the TV. Don't be going back to the refrigerator cuz you're going to miss something. <laughs> I got to go to the in-laws for a little bite to eat early and while the while the uh Cincinnati games on, I'll have to have it on my phone probably cuz I'll be the only college football fan in a room. So, yeah, don't go to the bathroom either cuz <laughs> <laughs> Let's move. Let's since we're checking about, and we can zip back. Let me just make sure we don't have any more comments here. I know Rick's a, a Bama fan, or I'm yeah, Bama fan. Wow, sorry, Rick, uh, Georgia fan. Uh, he's talking again about the, uh, you know, Georgia got lit up through the air by Bama. Yes, I agree. But guess what? Michigan doesn't have the quarterback to to light up uh, Georgia away that that uh, Alabama did. No, I think they do. They just don't do it like that's. They don't. They don't depend on the aerosol. But they'll they'll have a player too where they they'll throw the ball about thirty to fifty yards, seventy yards sometimes. You know, it's just don't don't sleep on them. You know, don't sleep you know, on one, them. One thing to think about, I guess, with Jim Harbaugh is you know will he get creative in this game? And you know maybe he doesn't. You know, I I still think he'll run the football because that's his mo. That's what this team strength is. But there is the chance that they'll come out throwing the football, as Rick said, and try to stay away from. He's got a good young OC over there, so they'll 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 be all, they're gonna attack in the air. They're just not gonna depend on 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 yeah. aerosol, you know. That's for sure. I think what might be smart is to you know throw the ball early and run the ball late to if you get a lead to protect it. So, um, I mean you you want you want that Georgia defense as, as long as possible on the field, so you can you know you can do damage later on in the game, you know. So good morning to Arturo. I'm not sure what exactly that is, but uh, boy, dot FYI, don't know. Probably some kind of, of uh, message I just broadcast. I'm going to get banned from Facebook again. <laughs> anyway, Arturo, hopefully you can explain that to me and I can uh, give a better uh, explanation. So anyway, I, I, I we're on opposite sides here. I think, uh, or no, no, you like Georgia to win this game, or did you pick Michigan? I'm sorry. No, I'm Michigan. You're Michigan. Yeah. So I mean, I want I want Georgia to win, but I just I'm the more and more I'm look, I'm breaking down these these guys on both ends. I'm like, I don't know, it's a toss up. But if if Georgia wins, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Good call from uh, Kenny too. Michigan will run a lot of RPOs. I mean, that's that's kind of the uh, the go to thing for a lot of teams these days. And you know, as you said, uh, McNamara can run the football. Yeah. Um, most of these quarterbacks can run the football, except for maybe Bennett. But. Nah, that's a problem I see with Bennett. You know, he's gonna get, yeah, he's he's gonna get in a in a probably in a in a fit like he did with Alabama. Not trying, he's gonna try to put too much on his on his throwing arm and you know, stay too long in the pocket, not throw the ball fast enough. You know what I'm saying? 
All right. Well, let's just keep make a note of this for next week. Carlos yeah. is on Michigan. Keith is on Georgia. And I know you got that T-shirt that says, you know, I'm always right. <laughs> I got a, I started a list of times you weren't, but I haven't completed it yet. It's kind of long. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the next game. To me, the game, that, and again, not to take anything away from Michigan and uh, uh Georgia, I mean, it's going to be a great football game. It may be the best game of of the uh, of the day, but the one that interests me most, and I think interests a lot of people, I think I probably spelled Cincinnati wrong there, but whatever, um, is Cincinnati and Alabama. Because Cincinnati, and maybe this is, as I think about this, I think it's extra motivation for Cincinnati, and then it might be extra pressure because they're playing for a lot of football teams that have never got this chance. Right. And, and um, maybe that hurts them. I don't know. This is a 13. Last I saw it was a 13 and a half point spread. Uh, I think Cincinnati's got the weapons to beat this team. Again, this is not a classic Alabama team. They got a great, great player, obviously, and a Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young. They've got a good wide receiver in in Williams who, who replaced uh, uh, Menchie. Menchie, uh, Menchie, yeah. Menchie uh, that went out with a with an injury late in the season. But they're not – they don't have the dominant running game. I think they've only had 10 plays of over 20 yards running the football all year long. Cincinnati's got a better running game in my mind uh, with Ford, who's had a really good year, and they've had twice as many plays over 20 yards with a running game. That's a key that we haven't talked a lot about. Right. No, that, that's not mentioned too often, but I, mean, I, I throw it I throw it to you all the time that they don't even have a top-20 quarterback in the NCAA. You know, like he's not <laughs> – this guy's going to be a, a second round pick in the NFL draft. Hey, he's going to have to. This is his. This is his game, man. If he shows up, well, this is right. I mean, if he falls apart today, he's going to fall. You know, who knows where he'll fall to? But right, you know, he's got to perform today. But I think, look at this is an experienced guy. This isn't a, a freshman or, or a sophomore, and this is a guy who's had a pretty good year. Yeah, I like his grit, and he's a gamer. But I mean the. The statistics are not in his favor as far as like you know being top rated quarterback in in the NCAA, but it does at, at the end of the game he's been at the end of the day he's been winning the games for Cincinnati, you know, like he's been there and he's been putting his team in the right position. So when you compare him to Young, he pales. I get that. For, uh, right, I think he had forty one touchdowns and four interceptions. Young, but thirty and eight. For, for Ritter, and he played his best games against the best competition that they played. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy that they least mention when when they win some of these games. You know, like that's because it's their defense that matters, and I think that's what's going to matter today is their defense. And again, an experienced defense. Young's going to Alabama's going to throw the football. We know that they have to throw the football on this defense, right? And Cincinnati's got two guys that are probably going to be first round draft picks in that backfield. In uh, in uh, gosh, can't remember the names now. Gardner and uh, Bryant. So uh, they've got the weapons to shut this team down. The key, though, for those two guys is what happens up front. Yeah, he's got to put some pressure on Young, um, and they they can't just give them all day to throw the football. And this falls into Saban's mo, right? So we're gonna get you're gonna have your defense ready, and your offense is gonna like make sure your offense scores as much and as fast as possible, right? I wish I could find a way to get Cam into the conversation, Kenny, but I don't think I can. 
<laughs> I'll bring up Cam whenever I can, but this isn't today. Uh, any predictions on the least on the first upset during the bowl games? At least one. Oh, I'm telling you, Cincinnati's got a chance to win this game. Well, it's going to be a close. I think that that Alabama Cincinnati game is going to be closer than the Georgia Michigan well, Georgia Michigan game. That's what that's my my prediction. You know, like the thing could get out of hand for Cincinnati. I will give you that. It could happen. It could happen. But I think Cincinnati keeps it close. And as I said Wednesday night, I think they'll have the ball in the last half of that fourth quarter with a chance to win this football game. Maybe this game goes into overtime. How about that? That's possible. That's possible. I think, again, Cincinnati, listen, this isn't, again, this isn't a classic Alabama football team. True. You know, I know you talked, you mentioned the other night, I think you were wanting to mention this, you know, that, that, you know, Saban's going to have them ready to play and blah, blah, blah. And yes, I agree. Every coach has every team or should great coaches like Saban. But they haven't been ready to play at least three times this year with against inferior opponents. I mean, LSU and Texas A&M, they're, they, they're better than all three of those teams. And they nearly lost to all of them. And they did lose to a second-string quarterback with Texas A&M. This team is not invincible. Yeah, but the, the thing, the best thing about this team is that they've been through that adversity, right? And they came out and they beat Georgia, the best team in the nation at the moment. So – they got, you know, they got a lot of steam going their way, you know, and they're, they're heading in the right direction. So, yeah, I um, think maybe they put the piece together the the best last two games of their of their season for Alabama, you know. Yeah, so Cincinnati, yeah, Cincinnati does need to milk that clock. I agree. They need to keep that defense off the field, and that's going to be a big key tonight as well, or today. I'm not sure what Kenny's talking about here. So the best quarterback is 75-64-1. That puts him in the realm of Ryan Leaf. I'm not sure who he's referring talking to. talking about Cam? <laughs> oh, is that Cam? Maybe that's what it is. Actually, it doesn't put him in a realm of Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf is just atrociously bad, and I don't think he won, you know, 15 games in his whole career. So it must have been what he was talking about there. I'm not sure. Um, so my prediction for this game, and I will predict the upset, Dave, and I'm going to take the points in this game. I know that much. I will take Cincinnati. I'll, and I will predict an overtime game here, and Cincinnati wins it 35-34 because I think it's going to get to the two-point conversion phase. Oh. Which I hate, by the way. What a stupid rule. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this this game might get sloppy. They might they might push what, over 55 points maybe. Well, yeah, Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. What's your final prediction for this game? Oh, man. I think, what, Cincinnati, Alabama, 27-21? Oh, I'm surprised you have it that close, actually. I think that one's going to be closer than, uh, like I said, than than, uh, Georgia. I do feel like I remember you uh, when we were having these conversations as the season was progressing that Cincinnati could not stay with any of these teams. Yeah, they, I mean, they're going to go out and they're going to try to shine, right? Because they know they know who's who's who they're facing on the other side of the ball, right? So if you're in it to win it, let's see it, buddy. 
you know? Well, I think both teams are in it to win it. As I said, Cincinnati's carrying the hopes of a lot of teams. And, I, and it's not like they got a bum on the sideline for them either. They got Luke Fickle, who knows a little bit. No, he's a good coach. About coaching football and, and coach. And he, I mean, look, he took he took a, a, a basketball school and made it a, a, a football school, right? So. <laughs> Bama wins 35-44. Ritter throws six picks at the goal line. Oh, eight pick six. I thought he said six picks at the goal line. Interesting. I tell you, you know, Ritter, look at I think the key to the game, obviously, and you know, it's it's easy to pick the quarterback, but mm-hmm. it's it's going to be the Cincinnati running game and Ritter being efficient. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to win this game for them. He just can't lose it for them. You see, that's that's where I go. I go opposite of you. I'm like, you know, Ritter has to be able to score at least throw at least two touchdowns when it counts. You know, well, you can do that being efficient and mm-hmm. not get him to win. Yeah, he's he's more like the. The third down quarterback, you know, little little Duncan 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 dive, you know. Yeah, and again, I think Jerome Ford's the overlooked guy in this game. You don't hear his name come up hardly at all. This guy ran for twelve hundred yards and nineteen touchdowns this year. How about how about we see some of those Cincinnati Bearcats O line in the draft, right? You 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 very well may. And again, look at. It's a veteran football team. I keep saying that. And that's yeah, very, older. very important in, in college sports because it's hard to put veteran football teams together because they don't stay four years. So I like what they're uh, – what have we got here from Kenny? I think he's got, actually got a football take here. Let's uh, get this straight. I'm not a Tide fan, but when they take the field uh, – win, win. <laughs> Not this year, Kenny. Not this year. I mean, how many teams have they blown out this year? <laughs> I guess they blow out Lane, Lane Kiffin. Which not I, many. Not many at all. But that's, you know, the SEC. I'm, that's what I've been telling you. The SEC East has been suspect, right? What about the whole SEC? If you tell me Kentucky's no good and Ole Miss is no good, then the whole – then you got to tell me the West or the West is weak too. Hey, it's you know it's coming out in these bowl games that SEC has been losing a little bit of its you know luster there. So well, well, they'll gain a lot more when they get Texas next year. What was their record this year? Yeah, yeah. great Texas, yeah. Oklahoma, nice, unbelievable, right? Well, guys, there's our takes. You've got it. I've got Cincinnati over Alabama in overtime, and Georgia over uh, uh, Michigan by about four points, maybe five points. Carlos has got Michigan winning this game by 11, I believe he said. Yeah. And a close one, surprisingly, out of Carlos, Alabama 27-21 over Cincinnati. So there we go. I'm not a betting man, so. <laughs> well, that's why you got all that uh, crypto in the bank. So I put, on, let's put, I put my money in crypto. Where do they put crypto? Do you put it in the bank? Where do you put it? I don't even know what you do with it. Put it in another app. You got you got fake money for a fake bank, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my question. Again, I don't want to get off topic here, but crypto, what can I do with it? Can I go buy it? Can I go to the grocery store and buy milk and eggs with crypto? Yeah, you can do whatever you want with it. So my local grocery store will take crypto. You just use a credit card, man. Oh, it's, how's it going to my credit card, though? You get it. You get it from the crypto bank, which you just said was fake. I'm confused about this. Whole thing. <laughs> it's not fake. Yeah. It's just a. It's a holding. You know. It's just a. Just like a stock. 
Carlos is going to potentially do a show when I'm on vacation in uh, February on cryptocurrency and sports today. So it's big, it's huge. Tune in. And you guys may all make millions of dollars or lose all, everything you have. It's your your choice, I guess. Anyway, let's move on to uh, you know the year the, the year in sports. There's a lot of stuff we could talk about, right? COVID was a huge story, obviously, uh, throughout the year. Not you know not just in sports, obviously, but throughout our, all our lives, and still continues to be. Um, you know, you had the Olympics, you had uh, some Olympic scandals, which we have all the time. Uh, but to me. And you brought this up to me last night, and I, I, I thought it was a great angle. And it was kind of the year of the small market in in major sports. You had Tampa Bay winning to start it off, and, and Tom Brady winning his seventh Super Bowl, which was a big story all in itself. Right. You know, just the fact that Tom Brady left the Patriots was a big story to begin with. And then to go on and win the Super Bowl the, his first year in Tampa Bay was a huge uh, story. Um, and we'll start. We'll start there. Actually, why don't we just start with that conversation? Uh, oops, wrong one. Where are we? What the hell? Where'd my thing go here? Yeah. So not only does Brady come to Tampa, but he he brings him a championship in Tampa Bay of all things, right? So, <laughs> who who would have guessed that? Patriot fans, such as yourself. Sure gave you indigestion for the first. <laughs> well, I got to tell you what, I didn't, it didn't bother me a lot. I mean, again, a lot of Patriot fans hate Tom Brady for the fact that he left. The reason, you know, not to, and we won't spend a lot of time on that part of it, but look, mm-hmm. it, it was a mutual parting of the ways in a, in a way. And if anything, the Patriots as much wanted him gone as Brady wanted to leave because they, or they would have kept him. They would have offered him what he needed and he would have stayed. They were ready to move on. And I don't root against Tom Brady. Tom Brady gave me and every Patriot fan 20 great years and six Super Bowls. And if you want to root against that guy now, cause he went somewhere else. I mean, if you, if you root about Tom, if you rooting against Tom Brady, you, you need to wake up, man. <laughs> and like, well, he's not. He doesn't lose many games, man. <laughs> no, and you know it's it's part it's part what we do in this country, right? right. It, it, the problem with I see in sports a lot of times is we root against the guys we should be rooting like for in sports. The things right. that are right about sports: Tom Brady, Derek Jeter. Uh, you know the guys that really just go out and they get it. I always say that they get it, right? They see Tom Brady yelling at people on the sideline and they referees and they think he's a baby. You know, no, he's passionate and wants to win. Right. And that's why you see him yelling and screaming. And for him to do what he did, and this Tampa Bay team, by the way. They were close, though. The, the Tampa Bay team, they were they were close. They, they had the tools. They just didn't have the quarterback. <laughs> right. That's easy to say, right? But they were able to overcome a lot of adversity last year, too, because they were not looking like a Super Bowl champion through, you know, 12 weeks of the season last year. They were struggling. And the Arians and, and Brady were on, you know, different wavelengths. Right, but yeah. They got it together. I, I think I think Arians had to step back, to be honest with you. I agree. I think he because said. Because Tom was like, hey, listen, we're going to win. This is my team. I'm going to take them there, right? And Arians is like. Do what you got to do at the end of the day. You know, he's older. He knows he played the position. Right. So, I mean, look at the struggle right now in Green Bay with with the quarterback and the coach. You know, the coach wants to run the game. He wants to 
be the reason they won the game, and that's not working. You know, Aaron Rodgers is the reason why they win up there, right? So, Dave says Tom's a great quarterback, but I'm tired of always being in the Super Bowl. Then your team's got to get better. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I keep I always said this for 20 years. Team, uh, the fans of the teams in the AFC East and the the fans of the teams in the AFC, then tell your teams to go out and get better. I mean, that's all. You know, stop. That's that's why I, I get you know like they put so much stock in a quarterback being being picked in the first round, you know, you're not always going to find that Tom Brady, you know, that Joe Montana, all those kind of, you know, guys with good heads on the shoulders in the first round, you know? So I, I, I don't know, you know? No, I think that's a, I think you're right on there. Uh, the thing with, uh, and Kenny's comment about, or I'm sorry, Alan's comment here about the, the saints, who cares? I mean, you ain't in the Super Bowl at the end of the day. The Saints in the Super Bowl, right? And my thing with Sean Payton is he great coach. He had he had Drew Brees, right? Now he doesn't have Drew Brees. Now he and he don't have any more excuses. Like your team got to go out there and play. Look, you want to beat the other team, you got to you got to put the points up on the board at the end of the day. Whether it's your defense doing it or your offense, and if your offense is doing it more more than your defense, great. But if your defense has to do it for you. Then, then that's that's when your team struggles, right? Exactly, and you know right. it's funny you mentioned Drew Brees because Peyton tried to talk him out of retirement here. <laughs> he did right last last week. Like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> so I guess he didn't want to play Ian Book the other night, Kenny, which probably would have been a good idea. I like, yeah. I really do. And uh, it's funny uh, we're off topic a little bit, but I, I had kind of rooted for the Patriots before they drafted Mac Jones. Don't draft a quarterback early. Look for a guy like Ian Book in the fifth or sixth round, but. Eating those words, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the decision that they made. <laughs> um, Kenny's talking about they weren't first rounders. I'm not sure. I mean, if we're talking about Brady and Breeze, they weren't. Neither one was, of course. And you don't have to find, you know, that's the the thing about quarterbacks. You don't have to go out and find them in the first round. No. Uh, they are available elsewhere, as Tom Brady forever will prove. And if, by the way, if you haven't watched, because a big part of this, um. Tampa Bay story last year was Tom Brady, whether you like him or hate him, I don't care. You he took this team as we just started to talk about. Right. Arians kind of deferred more to Tommy and said, It's your offense, go run with it. And and look, and another thing is they took off. He let Fournette Arians let Fournette play, right? Because yep. he wasn't in the in the game as much ter- towards the beginning of the season. Yep. He put he put Fournette in. Fournette did his thing. Obviously, Brady's comfortable with Fournette. Brady brought in Gronkowski, right? So, you know, those three pieces. And then uh, Brown, you know, Antonio Brown. So you got five, four or five pieces that Brady was kind of like, you know, rooting for, manipulating in that situation. And, and yeah, hey, look, you got a Super Bowl championship out of that. Right? And the defense got much, much better. Oh, that defense was already – that defense was already being ranked right in the top in the top ten, right? So, and then they added a couple pieces to that defense. You're right, you know that. So, well, they got better as the playoffs went on, and they got better, right? And well, the- they didn't have to think about it. They weren't on the field as much because <laughs> they had a quarterback who could who could control the game. And and by the way, Alan, that's uh, points. They did beat the Saints in the playoffs last year. Let's not forget they lost to them twice during the regular season, and then they beat them. Right. When it mattered. So they're not going to see him probably this year, although who knows. You know, it was a great run for that team. I mean, they beat a 
if we look back at the at the playoffs, they beat a a, a game Washington Redskins, who probably uh, Redskins. Uh, sorry, I just have to put another twenty dollars in the jar. Um, <laughs> WFT team. They were a game. They gave them a tough uh, tough run. Henneke played a great game after barely playing any in his career. They beat a really good Saints team with with Drew Brees in his last uh, professional football game, most likely. Mm-hmm. And they beat a Packers team. That probably should have won the game. Hey, coach, <laughs> man. And, you know. it's, all, it's, it's all right. Listen, uh, the Packers didn't score as much as they should have, right? Because that defense the Bucks had was, you know, game a run. Well, one no. thing you learn, and I know you're not a big fan of guys who are uh, Shanahan guys uh, like Terrible. Lafleur is, but, you know, you cannot kick a field goal there and give the ball back to Tom Brady because he's going to beat you 90% of the time. The odds are not in your favor. You need to score a touchdown there. You know, and, and again, you make your decisions and you live with them. And then the biggest surprise of all to me was the way they dominated the Kansas City Chiefs. I oh, that was – They're off in disarray. I know that, but it was just – I did not think they would dominate the way they dominated. Right. And like, Mahomes, there's the one time he didn't look like a great quarterback, right? Like he would, he didn't know what to do, right? He's just running, running the sideline, running, running for his life, right? His O line looked like it was missing. They didn't have much of a running game, so yeah. The I'm best team, sure. the best team won won that game, right? I'll put this up only because, but we're not talking about this year, Alan. But you know, again, last year he was not the coach of the year in that playoff game. That's all I'm going to say there, Dave. <laughs> I know you talk about the Bills this year. We won't get into that. I will put this one up. Because this is a good point. We were talking about quarterbacks and not needing to be drafted. There you go. Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott right. great examples as well. Right. So teams put so much of their futures in these uh, in these quarterbacks in the early rounds, and they do fail as much as they, they succeed. So. so so one team that did put some money and stock in their future was the Phoenix Suns and Booker, right? Good point. Right. So, uh, you know, the, the Phoenix Suns, and, and the Bucks, small market teams that made it to the championship this year. Well, since you brought them up, we were going to talk about them last, but we'll talk about them next. And then we'll jump to the uh, the Atlanta Braves winning. I don't game. want to talk about the Braves. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the Braves. The Milwaukee Bucks, who had been close for a bunch of years since they've had Giannis, they could not get over the top. They couldn't get to the finals. They couldn't get out of the East. And last year they struggled for a good part of the season and they put it together in the playoffs. And to me, you know what? I know there's a lot of guys that are probably watching now and they're going to comment. They don't like the NBA. It's a, the walking, you know, whatever. This was, I had, I enjoyed a lot that Phoenix uh, Bucks final. Yeah. I saw a lot of good basketball and I saw two games that were decided by defense. Bucks played right. some great defense and two games that were decided by the uh, by defensive plays, and I just thought this was a great story for the NBA for the Bucks finally to get over the top. Giannis to get finally seen by a national well, not that he hasn't been seen by a national audience, but a, you know on the biggest stage. Um, and it's a team that well, while they're off to a bad start this year, I think is built to to still be there again this year. So nah, last year's team, I, I think they got lucky and, and got it and, and got into a good run. Myself. And the because the the East isn't a strong, you know, division, anyways. Um, you know, you know my feelings about Philadelphia. Um, they 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 were 
they were falling apart before Doc Rivers got there, and Doc Rivers couldn't be a savior for that team. But, mm-hmm. you know, and what the Suns did, even on the payroll that they have, to get Booker was probably one of the best things. And then to to put by his side someone like Chris Paul. Um, I'm not a big Chris Paul fan. I know a lot of people are, um, but he showed me the reason why he's he's been a top point guard in 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 the league for a long time. Like I, I watched the games and I was like, wow, this guy, you know, he's putting it out there, right? Um, he he kept the Suns in every single playoffs, <laughs> every single playoff game. Like he was just um, the cat, and and you know. To have other players on that team, but he he was the one. Like, and and you saw that when when he when he was out, right? Mm-hmm. When he didn't play a game or two, you saw the the dip in points. You saw the dip in the character of the players. You saw the dip in in the coach. He was like, "Can I put this on Booker? Is he too young?" You know, um, and you know, Booker did his 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 best when when Paul wasn't on the court, and those young guys they 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 did well, but. Yo, that's a, a when you we don't have Chris Paul on the on the court. <laughs> well, I, a, thought, I thought Chris Paul found a uh, home out there, and when people yeah. are talking about him moving on, coming to the Knicks, going here, going there, and I'm thinking, I think Chris Paul's found himself a home where it's his team, right? And he wants to stay there. Now they did run into you, as you said, the Bucks, and and the Bucks. Quite frankly, as far as and look. Look at luck. I do feel luck is a residue of good design, but luck right. does come into to play. You have to be in position to take advantage of good luck, right? Right. The best piece of luck they got was probably a Kevin Durant's foot being on the three point line in the game they wrapped up uh, the championship of the East against the Nets. Right. Well, they got they got lucky that seventy sixes were were abysmal. They got lucky that you know that that Kevin Durant's foot was on <laughs> was on that line and. And but they, what they did do is when they took the luck, they ran with it. You know, like Giannis stepped up huge. You know, people were like, "Oh, he's he's a big man, but he's not strong. He's weak." And and you know, you saw with this injury coming back and and taking the team on his back. You know, scoring well, all those points. It's like, and he had. I talked about the big defensive plays, and one of them was him making a block at the end of a game, right? Playing defense and offense, right? Part of his game, and it's. He, it, 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 tremendous, and Alan talks about team chemistry still means something, right? And the Bucks, I think, proved it because they right. had they had guys. You know, we talk about their big three in Middleton and and uh, Giannis and and Drew Holiday, which again a, a very good core. But you know what teams need is guys like Portis and uh, who's slipping my mind right uh, right now. They had Lopez, right? They had Lopez come in the game and score about eighteen points. You know, when they needed it, right? When they needed it. The bench, the Bucks bench came through when they needed it, right? But what I'm really talking about is the guys that do the little things, the dirty work, like Portis and PJ Tucker. Those yeah. guys were keys to that right, yeah. run in my mind. They, they did all the work and make, they make the other guys look better, right? Uh, but the, the chemistry in that team was really good, as was the chemistry on the Phoenix Suns team. And I think that's why we got such a competitive series last year. And, and- I haven't. The NBA some nights is very, very hard to watch. It just is very hard to watch. I get why guys are down on it. I do think that teams are coming around. Uh, as you saw the, the the chemistry that both these teams had last year, yeah. and it wasn't just isolation basketball. No. You know, the three-pointers, again, I'll go back to the Golden State when they were winning uh, three out of four years, I think it was. 
you know, they were shooting a lot of three pointers, but there was still ball movement like there was back in the old days. It wasn't just a guy running down, throwing up a three pointer. They had great ball movement to get the open three pointer. And I can watch that kind of basketball. I just can't watch the constant one-on-one and, you know the Carmelo Carmelo Anthony uh, black hole days with the Knicks and whatnot. So and then, like a, a coach like Monty Williams for Phoenix, uh, he knows what he has. Like you know, he knows he ha- he has a point guard. He has two. He has a two guard in Booker uh, who can run the point, but he he knows that he's a true two guard, right? Um, and and he did a phenomenal job with 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 the rest of the team and 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 making sure that they they were playing team ball and and you know make making it work. I feel bad that he didn't get coach of the year because you know, yeah. I don't believe that Tibbs deserved it. But, you know, that's being a Knicks and also being a Knicks fan saying that, you know, I don't care because, you know, you see the results now, what Tibbs really is. So uh, we'll get into that in a different uh, show again. But, but uh, yeah, Monty Williams did a, did an awesome job. With, with Monty Williams did a great job. Mike Budholzer did a great job. Here's yeah. a, who was, who was, here's a guy who they wanted to fire. Before. He, was, he was on the – he's <laughs> yeah, he, he was. He was. He, Right. right after, right after the the Christmas holiday, when they talk, you know, the break, you know, they were talking about, hey, we're gonna, he's on the hot seat. Yeah, right up until the playoffs, he was on the hot seat. Yeah, you know, now he's, you know, they're in love with him again. Maybe not so much because they're off to a bit of a slow start this year, but you know, for uh, I mean, I, you know, you can only play so good with so, you know, so so long when, when after the championship team, it's it's tough, you know. Very good. Let's move on to the uh, the world of Major League Baseball. And I picked, not to toot my own horn, but before yep. the season started, you picked, picked you picked a team that wasn't the same team to win the World Series, Keith. I you, you and Jack, one, you and Jack, picked the same team. The Atlanta Braves are the same team. No, nah, no, nah, they the roster was totally different because of injuries, right? I mean, because of pickups, because of injuries, and, and they had great pickups. Look, that general manager down there in Atlanta. A lot of props, man. He did the right thing. He got in some. He got in four players that were impact and very impactful on the team. Um, he lost one of the best players in baseball. You know, at you know just Kuna? passing the season mark, right? Nakuna and yeah. So don't the GM? Yes, did a great job. But Brian, uh, uh, what's his, I can never see his the coach, uh, Snitker, Snitker, Snitker. Yeah, I can't say it. Snitker, isn't it Snitker? Snitker. Snitker, Snitker. You got a K next to each other. That's her. Snitker. I love watching a guy. He reminds me of a guy in, in Major League. Uh, yeah, you said he mentioned that. I just love him. Get out there. Bring out the heat. I, every time I see him, I go, he's old school, man. He can't be out there working with a bunch of analytics, but I'm sure he's got somebody doing it for him. Well, he had that GM bringing those four players. Yeah. That's where the analytics work. And again, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, this wasn't the team in baseball with the most talent on it. I mean, but they were a team that played well together, oh, and they had a leader. They had a leader in Freddie Freeman, right? Freeman. I mean, for me, Freeman. They had. Oh man, they had the pitching came through, even though they they had a little bit of struggles in the middle of the season. Well, right? yeah, I want to mention because I know that. Uh, let's see if Dave hasn't mentioned it. I'm surprised yet. Uh, Ian Anderson is actually a cousin of one of our viewers. Uh, Dave Guyette, and uh, he's from the area up here where I am. He went to school about 20 miles from where I live up in Clifton Park, Shenandoah High School. Um, number one draft pick, uh, number one pick, I think, in the draft uh, like four or five years ago. And he was a key to He pitched a no-hitter for five innings. Again, 
<laughs> frustrating for me, the way the game is played today, he came out of that game after 75 pitches and pitched a no-hitter in five for five innings, but that's a different topic, I guess, as well. But this team was just all around. Again, and, and remember, this team was below 500 at 500, you know, back and forth until about the three-quarter mark of the season, and they took off. Right, and, and you know, credit to to the coach in Atlanta. Also, but the infield, the corner of that infield with Swanson and Albies, I mean, they, they did a pretty good job. Um, that infield was not bad. I mean, you had Freeman, Albies, Swanson, and then um, who was the other player they brought in? Um, oh, they brought in Peterson. They brought in uh, – Solar? Uh, Adam uh, – what's his name? Uh, uh, Solar's one, right? Adam Duval. All guys who are journeyman players in this yeah. in this league, and they all contributed mightily to this, uh, you know, second half comeback by the Braves and and their run through the playoffs against, you know, first beating the Dodgers with you know a one billion dollar payroll. Oh man, that team was. You, you already know my feelings about that team. Yeah, over overpaying some of these players, but I mean, but, but like I said, Atlanta, good job. They did, you know, they. They did what they had to do, and you know the thing that I saw that I didn't see from these other bigger teams was that their bats were were you know they they were doing good you know towards the end of the season hit hitting the ball because a lot of teams kind of struggled. You know, they, well, they said that was an issue with the balls, and then this and that. So I don't I don't know. You know, and, and people yet yeah, remember the Braves were the, were also again we talk about luck. And, and whether you, they're in position, they played well when everybody else in the East fell apart. Right. Well. Of course. Yeah. The, Mets, the Mets just quit on, on their manager and the Phillies were, were still the Phillies. And, you know, the, the Brace played well and took advantage of that. And yeah, uh, that's right. And they, they probably will be the favorite going into this year, I would think. Um, uh, it's tough. We'll see. Maybe the, maybe maybe Buck will have the Mets a favorite. In oh, goodness gracious. People just leave the Mets alone and let them play baseball. And the Mets need to wake up and play baseball, too. <laughs> so you don't think – so, again, to me, this is one of the stories of the year. Even though I know I picked them early in the season, but I think very few people were picking them to win the World Series. It was the Dodgers. I mean, the Giants could have been the story of the season. Yeah. I mean, they were. And, unfortunately, going out in the uh, um, in the wild card game – was it the wild card game? Uh, the Giants, the team. They played the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers, yeah. In a seven-game series. I mean, it was too bad they couldn't get further. They would have been a great story as well. I think the Astros would have been a great story. Who end up losing to the Braves with Dusty Baker finally getting over the top. You know, I I, I was thinking that the Astros were going to go, you know, make it back to World Series, um, and and Dusty Baker is going to get one. But I mean, you know, baseball is that is that's the beauty of baseball, right? That's why people watch the game. You know, they don't care about the you don't, you can't really care about what's on the paper. It's it's in the game. You know, we gotta play the game. Yeah, and I think they these two teams played it more. They don't they didn't they don't play as much. You know, uh, home run, walk, and strikeout, and that's all you get. The Astros, right. and the Braves, I think. I mean, again, yes, there were some the the pitching moves make me scratch my head all the time and want to bang it against the wall. Um, but still, these two teams play situational baseball more than a lot of other teams do, and that's why they got to where they were in the World Series, and that's why the Braves, uh, one of the reasons, I think, why the Braves were able to overcome losing Acuna and winning with a bunch of guys 
<laughs> most teams would not have even thought about bringing in. And they were out there for everybody to pick. So, oh yeah, <laughs> could have had Solar. Yeah, you can't make any excuses at the end of the day. Listen, like the most interesting thing about the World Series was that it wasn't that interesting for for so many people because you had you had one you had these games that were like you know like seven to you know two or something like that. Like the games were not competitive except for the last few games. You know right. that 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 kind of hurt trying to watch the game. Because I'm gonna tell you, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't see every single game all the way through. I'd watch some of it, and then I'm like, "This is that game's already the game's already over, right?" By the fifth inning, like it was like third or fourth inning, you're like, "They're not coming back from this." And and so um, it was a tough watch, but you know, kudos to the Braves; they did what they had to do at the end of the day. You know, and I also to go back to you know one of the themes that I talked about early. I mean, I was happy to see the Braves win, so that Freddie Freeman, who's been around quite a while now, right? Yeah. And I think it's just a great player and a great leader gets his World Series ring. And look at, I think he stays in Atlanta. I don't understand why he would go anywhere else. Like, right, he's a Chipper Jones of that of that generation. Come on, it's, it's it's possible, but you never, you know, today you can never say never that guys will stay. I mean, well, I, he's everybody like everybody who knows him talks about how much he likes being in Atlanta. How much you know he's comfortable there. He doesn't want to be away from his family. So, you know, that's. That's the word on the street from his teammates, right? And he, maybe he wants to try again with the Kuna being on on the field, actually. Well, that that would be uh, that would be interesting. And you know, I would think that repeating, which is hard to do in in sports in general today, would be something that would be a a, a goal for him and something that he would want to uh, try to do. With that said, I would love to see him playing on the Yankees next year myself. What? No, man. Everybody would love that. Well, we yeah, of course the Yankees would love that, but that's a that's a paycheck that you know he's that's a that's gonna be a big paycheck for him. You know what I'm saying? What else? Since we're uh, we got a few minutes left, what what else do you see as uh, were some top stories of the year um, that caught your eye? I mean, obviously, uh, well, I don't know. I thought I thought LeBron and, and the Lakers. I thought they were gonna do stuff, and then even. Kyrie and, and and the Clippers, it's like, but at the end of the day, little old Phoenix Suns came in and, and did what they had to do, right? All right. Which uh, which team do you think uh, could small market team that make it to the, uh, a title game this year, I guess? This year? Oh, the Suns, maybe again. The Suns are playing well. Suns are playing well. Um He's. I mean, it's hard to. It's hard to really say. I don't think. In a, in, in well, Tampa Bay in baseball is a small market team. That yeah, Tampa Bay. Listen, uh, uh, the team that beat out the Mets in injuries, which was my team that I thought was going to make it to at least at least a sec. You know, in the playoffs was the San Diego Padres, but they fell into a, a black hole of injuries just like the Mets. I, I think maybe this coming season they can you know pick up where they left off in the beginning of the season last year and just, you know, maybe, maybe make it. I think there's some chemistry issues on that team as well. And maybe it's because the manager didn't deal with them well, but there's some chemistry issues with Tatis and Machado. And, and yeah, you know, I, I think they play very well together. They complement each other. Um, I just think it's like, you know, you, when you're two guys like that, that want to win and, and you don't, it's tough, man. I don't think that's chemistry. Just is losing, right? And, and they had a team that was decimated by just injury upon injury. Like with the Mets, it wasn't just the injuries. 
You know, the Mets, they couldn't hit the ball. You know, like, so, you know. Well, you know, and I, I, I get what's part of what you're saying, but, you know, when there's good chemistry in a team, you can overcome those inevitable uh, downswings in a season, right? You're talking about two fielders, right? You're talking about two fielders. The Padres were missing pitchers, right? Yeah, Right. So, you know, the fielders, yeah, they're going to be agitated because, you know, they're doing their job, but, you know, the rest of the team ain't doing their job because half the team's injured. So, well, Tatis has got to find a way to stay on the field more, too. I think, you know, he's, he's a great player. I take nothing away from him. He's a great player. You know, and I will say this I've really fallen out of favor, and this is out of nowhere, but we're talking about Machado and, and Tatis. Um, I've kind of fallen out of favor with the all-star games in every sport, but I actually had some fun watching a major league baseball uh, all-star game this year with the players mic'd up and Tatis was mic'd up at shortstop for a while. And that was fun. Uh, when Vlad Guerrero was up the bat and they were kind of having some, some back, back and he watched a home run that he hit and Freddie Freeman, who we already talked about, I thought that was fun and brought something to that game that a game that I have so little interest in these days. And it was kind of fun. You know, here's a quick thing. We only got a couple minutes, but one of the stories of sports stories that we didn't touch on and it's baseball related. I thought the field of dreams game was an awesome story in 2021 and a big success. And I'm glad they're going to continue it, but I don't know how they do it without the white Sox being involved myself. Yeah. yeah my, my thing is that they should have put that like at the beginning of the, of the, of the season, right? Something like that, where more eyes would have been on it, you know? Um, being in the middle of the season the way it was with all, all the other sports to compete with, that was tough because that day, I believe that day was like, there was a, a ton of stuff going on that day. Um, I don't remember. It was a Thursday night, I remember. Um, so it was, it was a lot. Was it football? Some, something was going on. Um, they were competing with a lot, a lot of sports that week. So, you know, it was – it was hard to. I saw maybe I'm not gonna lie, maybe five minutes of it. I was like, "Oh, this is cool," but I'm not gonna watch this whole game now. <laughs> I, I think it's a great uh, uh, gimmick for 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 baseball to, to do and continue, similar to what hockey does with the uh, with the, the league, yeah. or what I call it the the uh, Winter Classic. Winter Classic. Yeah. yeah, I think that you know the NHL really hit on something when they when they did that, they just got to make sure they play it in cities where the ice will stay frozen and that turn into slush. Yeah. So they're going to play in target field this year. I just dropped a, um, an article on, 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 on Facebook, on my website, on, on Facebook site that it's probably gonna be the coldest day in Minnesota, uh, <laughs> that game. So th- that's, that's well, what they're predicting. The ice is frozen then. Yeah. <laughs> the ice will stay frozen. Listen, <laughs> As we wrap it up here, give us a little promo for your for your site and your blo- and your uh, blog, and make sure that you I know that when you post it so I can share it to TGI Sports Talk. By the way, but give us give it a little uh, shout out. Yeah, right now I'm uh, I just put together uh, the Mad New Yorker on Facebook page and group, but uh, everybody log on to the page, check out. I drop out a few articles, some comments. Would like to see people comment back about what they think about the article and also about what you think about your own, the teams that you like that you don't like. You know, let me know. We'll bring it up on this show, maybe, and uh, and maybe even get a shout out on um, on the Roku channel now that's coming out. Absolutely, yeah. we'll certainly do that. And uh, make sure you join us on Roku, and uh, you'll be able to see Carlos here every Friday morning on Are You Serious? And check out the Mad New Yorker uh, page, as as he said, and his blog, which you can also catch on uh, TGI Sports Talk. Because we'll be sure to share that and help uh, Carlos out. So, Carlos, thank you very much. 
Great show today. A lot of Thank fun. Thank you, everybody. Have a happy new year. Have a happy new year, and we will see you in 2022. Have a great day, guys. And have a good one, guys. Stay safe and happy.